and welcome to the Burst Ball Scottish Football Podcast. It's been a busy week with plenty of Betfred Cup action to look back on before we look forward to another exciting weekend of action. Joining me, Connor Park, in the studio this afternoon, I have Lewis Kemp. Hello, Connor. Callum Scott. Hi. And Ross Clark. Delighted to be here. We'll get straight into the action from last night. Celtic took on the minnows, but the high-flying minnows of Aloe Athletic at Celtic Park, and it took them a whole 83 minutes to break the barrier that was put up by the Wasps, a very credible one itself, Lewis, but Celtic through in the end, not the best performance, but progression is the key in these competitions. Certainly, Aloe didn't play like minnows. Uh, I thought they were very organised, um, very hard to break down, um, whereas ourselves, you know, quite wasteful, I think, with chances and stuff. Um you know, I think, you know, when when the goal came in for Forrest, there was certainly a kind of relief around the ground. Um, you could certainly see it in the kind of coaches' faces and stuff. But, um, yeah, it was a very difficult night. And uh, fair, cre- fair, fair, fair play to uh, Aloha for, uh, for uh, putting in a, a performance like that. I thought they were unlucky not to come away with at least something. Um, but a point they, you in know, a cup tie. A what? A point in a cup tie. Oh, well... <laughs> You know, taking us to extra time or something would be something to shout about. I think you know, um, certainly I think even just taking us to half time, given you know the way we've kind of dismantled teams this year, I think is uh, a, a real kind of credit to our this year uh, or, or in that game in particular. Um, you know, again, not a vintage performance from Celtic, but you know, got the job done eventually. Um, hopefully, can build on that and get an improved performance on Saturday. Callum, we'll bring you in here. Um one of those games I suppose where there is always a feeling that no matter how well these teams perform the part time status will always have an impact fitness comes into question and, and there was probably a feeling even in those last 10 minutes that Celtic would break the deadlock yeah absolutely um, I said yourself it always, <coughs> it's a lot harder um, not to concede than it is to actually go out and win a game and score goals um, and this might not be a very popular opinion or maybe get a lot of stick for it but it it kind of annoys me at times when teams do this I mean fair play to Allah, I know that they need to go there and they don't want to disgrace themselves and they obviously put up a very good fight restricting Celtic till then but I mean nobody's got to remember this game in a couple of years whereas if they went and had a goal you never know what could have happened I know Celtic would have probably walked away and they could have beat them by more but I just Teams eventually get found out if they sit back and defend. Um, uh, let's say, example, when we played there United in the League Cup semi-final, um, they played 10 men behind the ball for the full game. Um, they were virtually kicking the ball back to uh, the our goalkeeper in the halfway line. They were, had no intent to attack, and I think they'll have to regret that, but that's maybe a bit harsh in Aloha because they obviously went and they competed and Celtic are monstrous in comparison to Aloha. But I just think that if you go there and sit with a game plan at Celtic Park and Ibrox, they always end up scoring anyway. So why not have a go? That's my, my take on it. But fair play to them for going and competing for... What, when did Celtic get the breakthrough? Goals? It was uh, Seven, 83 minutes. 83 minutes. Which is something yeah. to be proud of. But I think maybe they'll left to regret maybe not having a wee bit more of a go because you never know what could have happened. Certainly I think kind of tiredness came into it. Certainly towards the end you could see that they were tiring and... Um, you know, the goal came sort of from a counter-attack anyway. Um, you know, Forrest, at first I thought he'd actually kind of messed it up, but he kind of composed himself. It was a great finish uh, from him. Also a very good finish from Dembele as well. I think um, Kelly Cal was touching on how, you know, nobody will remember the game in a couple of years, but I think, you know, it is especially credit the fact that they were probably six or seven minutes away from it being a memorable game, you yeah. know. Um, obviously, you were always expecting Celtic eventually to find a way through. Um, but you've you've got to give you've got to give credit to Allah and especially former former buddy as well Jim Goodwin apparently was excellent last night I never saw the game um, but apparently it was superb so well done to him. One team that were found out were Queen of the South on Tuesday. Were you skipping night. over the Craig Gordon issue then? I think well bring it up if you like. Well, um, as I did, it's quite a cut that it was probably a red card and referee here. I don't think there really is any any question at all in in my mind or or anybody so far that I've spoken to. I, th- I mean, I just see Ross's opinions on it. I don't know. Well, I've only seen a a gif in this modern era. <laughs> Sorry, a, a gif, a, a a three second gif, and it certainly didn't look look um, very clever. 
from that. It, you know, you always get these different angles from. You know, you've got a kind of side-on angle. Obviously, the referee's behind it. He's maybe not got the best view. I've not seen his position. Is, is, there, is there a rule that protects the goalkeepers? Because I saw Derek Ray saying something. I was only kind of skimming through Twitter, but I'm not well, actually looking the proper way. No, no, not really. Maybe, I think now, with the new law coming in for uh, clear goal scoring opportunity inside the box, how it's now a yellow card inside the box if it's a genuine attempt made right. for the ball, that probably helps goalkeepers with, you know, last season Aye. you'd let Jamie McDonald getting sent off for the one where he dived at... Uh, the feet up at County, I think it was, he sent off for it, and um, that wouldn't happen now, so basically all the times when keepers are giving away um, giving away penalties, it's going to be a yellow card, instead of a instead of a red and Kate, unless it's like violent conduct, or, you know, holding, or, um, you know, something yeah. like that, holding, or impeding somebody like that, um, but if they make a genuine attempt for the ball, then it's always going to be a, a yellow card inside the box now. I, I mean, I think there was no doubt, though, if you just look at the, Tackle was like an just like an isolated incident. I mean, it was a pretty shocking yeah, tackle. Yeah, it wasn't. Own. It wasn't. It wasn't great at all. I think the, the person who seems to be getting away with it a wee bit is Craig Gordon, by the sounds of it. I think Alan Muir's been getting a lot of criticism for it, but I mean, obviously, it doesn't look. It doesn't look uh, good at all. Um, well, I, I maybe disagree with it. I think for Gordon, like, I think he needed a quiet game. Um, yeah. Last night, and this something like this is probably the worst thing that could happen to mm. him. If I'm honest with mm. you, but, yeah. um, nah, it certainly wasn't clever. We'll go back then to Queen of the South at Ibrox on Tuesday night and um, Lewis, it, it was very, very comfortable for Rangers and I think the consensus on that game, as much as Rangers played well, there was a bit of a disappointment overall yeah. in Queen of the South that they didn't go there and uh, try and punish Rangers more. I, I mean, uh, I watched the game in the, in the flat and um, yeah, I was actually quite impressed with the travel support from Queen's, you know, um, especially given they've played each other so many times over the last couple of years. Um, but I think they were in confident mood, and I think the players and the kind of management were in confident mood, and kind of rightly so, really, because they've had a great start to the season. But um, yeah, I think just kind of, kind of to echo me, uh, said saying earlier on, I think maybe they, if, you know, I don't know, I I think maybe playing the kind of ten men behind the wall might have been the better idea for Queens because um, certainly the way they played, I think. Maybe we're a bit too maybe adventurous, I think. But um, you know, if we play at Rangers, I mean, I thought that was a very good performance from them. Um, and uh, you know, I don't think many people would have said five 0 going into it. To be honest with you, well, Rangers and Celtic are joined by Morton uh, as the other team that are so far made it through to the semi-finals of the cup. And Callum, that's a, a great achievement for a club like Morton. I mean, no surprise to me that the the, the game that they got through. And qualifying for same thing was played under lights at Capolo. It's a very, very tough place to go. But for them, they've not been to a game like this a number of years, and it's it's great for the the club and probably town as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. It's a remarkable achievement uh, for Morton, and it's kind of get a wee bit monkey off the back for Jim Duffy. Obviously, he's come in for a wee bit of criticism this season in the league. Uh, they've not started as well in the league as we. We thought they would have. Uh, we thought they'd kind of build on for last year, but um, for them to get to a cup semi final for a for a couple of that's brilliant. And I'm delighted for a lot of our Morton fan listeners. We've got a good few of them, so I'm absolutely thrilled for them. And I hope they enjoy their, their big day out, be it Hamden or uh, wherever they, depending who they get in this mm. semi finals where they'll play it. But I hope they enjoy their day out, and it's a rare one. Hopefully, they can go go all the way. Uh, it's also, I mean, Morton as a team, what the. <coughs> I can't remember the last time they were in a cup, kind of cup yeah. semi or anything. They're one of these kind of teams like you know the likes of Hamilton and Partick, where they you don't really see them in these semi-finals, these big occasions. So I'm you know <laughs> delighted um, for for Morton to, to be there. I think uh, and they'll bring a really big crowd uh, wherever it's played. Um, and yeah, I mean fair fair play to them. Uh, fair looking specific credit in the world. So. <laughs> <laughs> looking specifically uh, at that point, Ross. What's your feelings? You're all ha- uh, semi-finals and finals of our major domestic competitions you played at Hamden. I can see the, I can see both sides of it. Um, you know, I think if it was Morton, they're they're, they're obviously not going to attract anywhere near the same crowds as Rangers and Celtic for a start. Um, that's a given. Um, so. I can see the idea of maybe taking it to Tyne Castle or Easter Road or one of these places, um, but equally, I think it's only fair that teams like that get a chance to play at the national stadium. You know, I think you know when you look at Morton's players, these are the guys 
no disrespect to them, but these guys probably aren't going to make it in the national team and get that opportunity that way. So I think it's only fair to give them to give them the chance, um, you know, to to make it and to make it at Hamden. Um, I know the crowd won't be great, you know, if they weren't to get the likes of Celtic or Rangers, but. At the end of the day, you know, if you've got an Aberdeen or St Johnson there, it'll still be it'll still be pretty decent. Um, it won't be too bad. I'm sure there's been worse crowds there. I've, so I actually think people will be quite surprised at how many Morton can take yeah. because, you know, I mean, let's look at it. I mean, they're a club that you know hasn't really had a lot of success. Um, you know, certainly not been in top flight for you know a, a good number of years now. Um, you know, and as, as we said earlier on, you know, they, they don't seem to be one of these teams that reaches a lot of these kind of cup semis and that. Um, so I think I I really think we'll be quite surprised That's about the, the number they'll well. be able I mean, to take. You know, you look at it and you think the likes of Tynecastle and all that. You'd be thinking, yeah, the atmosphere would be better, but I don't think the atmosphere plays a massive role. You know, I think when you're you're going to Hamden, you're playing for the occasion. It's a day out for the fans, a day out that many of them won't have made before. You know, as a Morton fan. Um, so in my opinion, it should be it should be played at Hamden because I think. I know before they've not done it, um, and obviously that's that's happened quite quite often. Um, but it's one of these things. I th- I just think Morton, you know, it's such a, a no offence, but it's such an odd odd occasion for them, you know, to get to a semi final, you know, to get the opportunity like that. That would be it would be almost unfair to take it away to take away that chance to play at Hamden. The final of those four quarterfinals ties us played tonight at Pataudry. Now, by the time you are listening to this, you will probably already know um, who it is that's that final hat. In fact, you'll know the draw because that is made straight after mm-hmm. tonight's game between Aberdeen and St. Johnson. So we'll not go into it too much, but in a word, or two of it, St. Johnson, um, <laughs> Lewis, Callum and Ross, who do you see progressing from that tie tonight? I'm going to say St. Johnson. I've got a wee feeling about St. Johnson as well, but I just think Aberdeen need need a cup, uh, or well, a cup run, so to speak, this year. So I've got to go Aberdeen. I, I'll go Aberdeen after extra time. Hmm. Um, I think it'll be I think it'll be a tight game, to be honest. And I think you know it'll, it'll be a cagey game as well. I don't think it'll be a classic by any means. No, um, definitely not. I think it'll be one goal in it. I think it'll be pretty midfield battle. Um, not not the not the greatest of games at all, um, but. Really selling this game, you know. Yeah, I know. Nah, well, hopefully it's a four-four-four thriller. Goes to penalties a lot, but um, I can't. I can't see it. I think it'll be one goal on it. I think it'll be whoever's midfield comes out on top. But I, I do expect Aberdeen just to edge through. As I say, you will probably by the time you listen to this know who it is. In fact, that has progressed. So we'll bring you reaction to that draw on Monday or Tuesday when we review the weekend's action. Just now, though, we will move into the Premiership and there's matches right across the weekend I think on Saturday and Sunday um, and we'll start with pulling up the fixtures because you have these prepared already I know, I know, quite on Saturday we'll start with you Kelly Cal it's Celtic versus Kilmarnock at Celtic Park what did Kilmarnock have to go there and do to come away with the result Um. It's as I've said from like this when we're talking about the Alwa Celtic game, Alwa have obviously shown that have you got a game plan, it can almost work and sorry for me, that's all it can do. Celtic are all, Celtic have got to score in every game for me, uh, this season. So if we want to go there and get some minute score goals, um I'm not saying that we're not gonna be more conservative. Uh, which you always need to be against the big teams, particularly away from home. Um, but we we need to go out and we need to we need to try and score goals. As simple as that. I, d- I don't see us going to Parkhead and going away with a nil nil draw. If we go there and play play five at the back or whatever, we'll probably got it. We'll maybe be tight up until about the thirtieth minute, and then it's one stupid mistake, and then that's a full game plan out the window. So I think I think we need to start Chris Boyd. To be honest, as well, Boyd's a player who gets a lot of stick particularly against Celtic, uh, saying that he never seems to score against them, but he doesn't ever seem to play enough games against them because Walter Smith and Kilmarnock latterly don't seem to think that Boyd suits uh, the game plan when they go to places like this. Um, but I think if Boyd starts, Boyd will score. Um, but it's just a matter of we, we'll need to score as many as Celtic if we want to get in and out. It's as simple as that sounds, but I can't see as nullifying Celtic to one or two goals, I think. 
I think there's every chance we can go there and get something because I've obviously got to believe because I'm a Kilmarnock supporter and I think we can be dangerous going forward but I think we're going to put in a performance but I definitely think we'll, we'll get a goal at Parkhead on Saturday saying that now it'll be nothing each and I'll think <laughs> uh, take that. as much rubbish as I already do As a Kilmarnock fan um, bearing in mind no matter how you look at it it was one game away from relegation last season what is your honest assessment of the, the start of the season so far? It's, it's been mixed, doesn't it? Uh, it's, it's, it's not been bad. I mean, it's we've got a lot more stick uh, than I think we've deserved, to be honest. I mean, right, we've been drawn too many games, like, but same way, we're unbeaten in three, and uh, two two of those, were, one that was against Rangers at home, which Avdi wrote us off, when I call people... Uh, Telling us we'd get beat 4 0 against Rangers. Uh, we didn't do that. We went there and played them off the park and played the last half an hour with 10 men. Managed to get a draw. And then away to Dens, which you even seen on Sunday, Aberdeen found it difficult to go to. And mm. Aberdeen are miles, light years ahead of us at the moment. I think our start of the season's actually been okay. Um, it's certainly been progressing last year. I mean, this time last year, we pro- I think we conceded about 20 goals, and I'm not even exaggerating on that. We were regularly getting done 4 0. Uh, at home and Philly Clarks come in sometimes the performances haven't been great but we've yet to be humiliated uh, we've yet to be absolutely thrashed which is something that he's brought there and that's why I'm somewhat confident going to Parkhead I know Gary Locke actually seemed to do alright against Celtic last year seemed the players were up for it but I don't don't think we'll disgrace ourselves on Saturday Um, and I think that Lee Clarks made us even though we were still getting beat at times we're a wee bit harder to beat than we were beforehand Lewis, for yourself as a Celtic fan, the games are coming thick and fast at the moment and it's a hard one because one eye will surely be on Tuesday's yeah. Champions League match against Manchester City. But Wednesday. Or Wednesday, yeah. sorry. Um, but nevertheless, it's a league game and yeah. looking back on track from last weekend against Inverness. I think, you know, just as Calm was saying there, Locke had a really good record against us last year and I think last year then they were quite a, you know, somewhat of a bogey team or... Or a boger team if you're uh, Matt Finlay. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I remember the nil-nil draw at Parkhead, the uh, two each right at the start of the season, and I think it was the, the, the brilliant Roderick goal that we needed to beat Ease at Rugby Park. And really, I think you look back at that game, we probably you know could argue I think Kelly maybe deserved a point in that. Um, I think although we've obviously improved leaps and bounds since then, I think Kamarnock have improved as well. So uh, I think it'll be a very tight game, if I'm honest with you. I still think we'll we'll hopefully get over the line, but um, I don't think it'll be a kind of a foregone conclusion or, or as easy as some people might suspect. Okay, um, prediction wise <laughs> for that game. <laughs> prediction wise for that game. Um, in fact, we'll come. We'll go through them all later on. Then <laughs> okay. uh, we'll move to the capital where Hearts take on Ross County. You love Hearts, don't you? No, <laughs> uh, but Ross County come off the back of a good result last weekend, holding Rangers at Ibrox, depends who you look at it, because um, by yeah. all accounts, Rangers did deserve to win that game, but it's a point on the road, they're back on the road again this weekend to Tynecastle, that will be just as tough, surely, Cal? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as, as you rightly pointed out, they got a good point at Ibrox but in another day it could have been 3-4-0 to Rangers for me I thought Rangers like I say in the piece that I put on the website I laughed in the Sunday when I heard Warburton's comments about saying it was our best performance of the season without seeing the game watch the game back and I had to agree with him um, but can you see that as a positive as if they're going to be not particularly great and still go away with a point from Ibrox then that, that's only a good thing um, any team would bite your hand off for a point some teams need to play their maximum to get a point at Ibrox and Parkhead, so to go there and not play particularly well and still come away with a point is a great result for Ross County. Um, but obviously, Hearts, as you said, just be as hard a game, if not harder, the way this season's panned out so far. Um, and Hearts have had a very good start to the season as well. Um, and it's let's say it should be a good game, and I'm looking forward to it. I can't, I can't really call it, to be honest. I think, I think there'll be goals in the game as well. Both teams good attacking wise um, and yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to the game Saturday Ross we'll bring you back into the discussion get a bit lonely out here I but um, Hearts are really building up ahead of steam here yeah they are um, I think St Johnson last week 
you know, I think St Johnson looked looked probably good. I think I was maybe more credit to them than against Hearts. Um, you know, Hearts are a good side. There's no denying that. I think I saw they they've just announced uh, Kitchen as their new captain, which I thought was quite interesting, but uh, a decent a decent appointment. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he settles into that new role. It'll be interesting to see how the players react to him. Um, but I think for Hearts, the most important thing is getting back to winning ways, um, especially at home. I'm sure it'll be a decent crowd. Um, County, they're they're unpredictable a wee bit. County, I think they they were missing Liam Boyce last week, um, which was obviously a big miss. I'm not sure if he's back this week or not. Um, but if they can get him back, then that would obviously be a major bonus. Um, but they're, they're still a decent side. County, they're still going to cause problems. Um, I think as as Lewis says or. Callum says, I can't remember who said, but uh, there'll, there'll be goals in the game. Uh, that uh, was me, yes, yeah. thanks, Ross. Oh, I'll, I'll give you the credit. <laughs> um, there will be goals in the game, I think. I think it'll be very tight. Um, but I, I would fancy Hearts probably just to nick it, just with the, the home advantage. Um, but it will be tight. And I think just with the, the firepower Hearts have got, you know, going forward, I think the likes of Walker, um, Tony Watt, you know, they're players that you want and you're starting your team and firing on all cylinders. So. Um, I would expect a, a happy set of Hearts fans on Saturday. See, Ross has rightly mentioned the captaincy change. Now, I know obviously we're kind of short for time with this podcast or whatever, but just on that, I wanted to to put forward. Like, how do you see that? Is is that a good thing to change a captain this stage? It shows guts for Nielsen, but can that can it was Don Kerry before that? I'm right saying Don Kerry was Don Kerry and Dali Mostuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, but what does that say for these guys then? Is that got to be? A, I know, I know. We're maybe I'm making something out of nothing here, and obviously the media doing what the media does. But like, surely that can't be good for these guys to be basically have the captaincy ripped off you four games into a season, five games. Probably, in. probably not mentally for these guys, but equally it should work in the way that it should give them a, a kind of wee setting in the head that yeah. I need to get back onto my game here. Yeah. Um, and it might be something behind the scenes. You know, there might be. You want guys who are leaders, and it might just be the fact Kitchens come in and proving himself in training, um, proving himself in the pitch as well. You know, yeah, I always think it's good to have a midfielder um, as a as a captain. As bizarre as that sounds, because I, I think you've got you front. see you see the majority. Of the game, like, I, I know people sometimes say oh, the keeper sees the full game, but the midfielder are involved yeah, in both ends the, of the pitch, and uh, they're the main men. Um, they're the guys who pull the strings. You know, they'll help in defence. They'll help in attack. So it's it's a sort of th- it's a sort of guy you want. And I think that's probably the standout the standout player. Um, he's obviously not one of the uh, one of the, the the best players, maybe possibly um, that you think of when you think of Hearts. But he's he's an incredibly important player. Um, someone who I I actually tipped this season to be one of my star players. Um, so hopefully this this new role help him find that, and I think it is a good appointment. But as you say, I think mentally it would play in the other guys. Yeah, well as well. Obviously, I'll just round off. Sorry, but just the uh, just there, like, right? <coughs> and I think captaincy maybe is kind of overrated these days to some extent because I mean I remember ourselves. I mean Stevie Smith got the captaincy at Kamala, people raising eyebrows, but like the kind of usual kind of silly silly. Uh, takes on it but like, oh, he doesn't shout enough like, mm. like that's not what big captain's about it's about, <laughs> you never know Stevie Smith might be the best guy in the dressing room but there's various other people that will fulfil those duties as well that don't need to have the armband on them anyway but it was just an interesting point I thought because I thought this yeah. early in the season to change a captain's quite a bold move but I sell credit Nielsen for that for having the, the balls so to speak to, to do that certainly is a, a brave one reading into his comments it seems to be he has been very, very impressed with Perry Kitchen and training, but um, also, I, I might be wrong on this one, but I think Ali Mosturk's contract is up at the end of the season, and there's been a lot of talk about whether or not he would get an extension. I think there's a few Hearts fans reading into this, that the fact that he's been taking away any sort of chance of captaincy, because I think he was taking the band in recent times, could be a suggestion as to where his future lies, or more so doesn't lie, mm-hmm. um, in Edinburgh. We'll move up north to the Highlands. It's Inverness versus Dundee on Saturday. Um, I think you're quite right with that with that noise there, with Lewis. Um, it's a tight one because as much as Dundee have, have, have started the season not too badly, uh, they could be leapfrog by Inverness. Inverness currently 11th in the table in that playoff spot on five points. Um, Dundee just a point above one six. It's very very tight down there, and, and one one could really start things flipping. Yeah, it's a really kind of tough one to call. Obviously, Dundee coming off a 
I don't think they were. Uh, I mean, to be fair, they weren't great against Aberdeen, but um, you know they, they did they did they did do well. I mean, getting themselves at least in the game, and um, you know it was one each for quite a large period of of that game. But um, uh, whereas, whereas you know you look at Inverness, I think um, you know they'll be coming come off a high. Obviously, you know they've been having some decent performances, some okay results here and there. Obviously, off start of each year was was wasn't great for them, but they're starting to come on to to something now. So I think Inverness will be going into it with full of confidence. Whereas Dundee, you know, they'll be thinking, um, you know, you know, we need we need we need this game as well, you know, to kind of to kind of bounce back from the Aberdeen result. So uh, yeah, very tough one to call. If I'm honest with you. I think as Lewis says there, Ross, it's a chance for Dundee. Um, Inverness have shown over the last weekend they, they can defend well, they're strong. and But, but overall, as, as a team, Dundee will be looking at that, thinking that they can get three points, surely. Yeah, I think they will, but equally I think Inverness will be looking at it and thinking, you know, we've got a chance here to, to finally get a, a win, um, even though they've won already this season, haven't they? Am yeah, I correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. Aye. So that was a bizarre comment, but um, looking to get a, a, aye, they'll be looking to get a second win. Um, so, you know, you've got to give them credit for last week in Vernes. It was a, it was a good result, um, and they will be taking confidence from that. But equally, Dundee haven't been poor this season. You know, their position's probably a, a wee bit unfair on them. They are the they are the draw specialists. We saw that last season, um, and I think they just need guys to start start fulfilling their potential. You know, well back to he's come in, he's been. I think sports scene highlighted it some weeks. He's been doing everything right but score. Um, so he needs to find his shooting boots, I think, to replace the likes of Hemmings and Stewart. Um, but I think it'll be a tight game, probably one goal in it. Um, but time will tell. I think Inverness have got to have confidence um, after that result. And there's probably not a better team to play just now than Dundee um, after a result like that. So, yeah, I, I would f- maybe fancy Inverness, maybe just make them slight favourites. Partick Thistle versus Motherwell is the final fixture on Saturday afternoon. Two teams with differing fortunes at the moment. Partick Thistle bottom of the table. I certainly wouldn't have called that at the start of the season. Uh, Motherwell, who on eight points are pushing for a th- Europe European places, I suppose. Um, just two points off a of heart to sit second. So it's a chance for Motherwell to kick on and really consolidate themselves in that upper half league, potentially break on from the pack that are below, but for Partick Thistle, Callum, it really is desperate stages, they need to get a result Yep um, well, Partick, it wasn't until last week that I really realised how kind of bad their start to the season was I actually thought they had a half decent start to the season I think they kicked off with a win and uh, then they ended up just getting three defeats in the bounce I think um, and that's right against them, but to be fair I think that Partick, they're not exactly, they've not been bad, I think they've just been missing a wee bit of luck as well, and you certainly need luck when you're at that end of the table, um, I think it's only a matter of time before all these guys click, I mean, I still remember, you've obviously, I know it's the same kind of regurgitated stuff week in, week out, but you've got guys like Dylan there who will score goals, and it's just a matter of time before they all click, Dylan Wallace, all these guys, Um but let's say we'll see how it goes. But I think Motherwell have been terrific so far this season. Just want to make the point that I think they've been brilliant. And with Roy Moult coming back as well, it's just it's gone for strength to strength for Motherwell. Been particularly impressed with the boy Chris Cadden as well. Uh, I seen him in the flesh first game of the season against us. I think he get man of the match. Um, and I think he's a terrific young player as well. Uh, and like I said, it should be a good game. But I fancy Motherwell to to see it through. Moving on to Sunday and game of the weekend, I suppose, in the Premiership. Sees Aberdeen host Rangers at an all but sold out Pataudry. It's fourth versus fifth. Um, two teams that are, are, are going really for second, you would think. Um, Lewis, it, it's a big one for both teams. They both probably, a result of the weekend, could really kick things going. They've not exactly set the header light so far, the two of them. Yeah, this was, um, you know, from a kind of neutral point of view, and um, this is one of the kind of fixtures when I saw the when the fixtures came out. This is one of the ones that I was kind of looking forward to. I'm just obsessed, because, <laughs> obsessed. Just because Aberdeen haven't played Rangers, and you know, I think it's, it must be more than four four years now or something. Oh, so yeah. um, it's it's be, especially up at Petardry. You know, it's been it's been a while. Um, the games there are always you know feisty. They're Toxic. always great encounters. What are you saying? I heard the word toxic mentioned the other toxic, day. Toxic, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's been a lot of kind of stuff kind of brought up from the past and whatever. But um, I think the game itself, I, I just, I, I'm really looking forward to just seeing kind of 
you know, this Aberdeen team go up against this Rangers team. I think, although Aberdeen, um, I mean, apart from last week, but um, certainly they're not known for uh, being involved in kind of high-scoring affairs, but I think this one could be quite high-scoring. Um, I think there could be a lot of goals in it. Because, uh, I, I mean, I'm not a fan of both defences. I think both defences are there to be got at. And um, I think, yeah, I think there'll be goals in it. So uh, I saw a Twitter poll um, asking... Aberdeen fans whether they would prefer to win tonight in the St Johnston game and get you know eventually win the League Cup or beat Rangers on Saturday and beating Rangers on Saturday was ahead of winning the League Cup that's, um, that's when I saw it anyway I don't know how it finished up but when I saw it certainly it was ahead 60% or something um, so I was actually quite surprised at that I think I don't know if that was maybe just a diehard Aberdeen fans who despise Rangers for the 80s and 90s and all that but um, who knows? It was quite quite interesting to see. I was actually really surprised by it. It's said, uh, like I say, I'm really looking forward to this. Whether I'll catch it or not, it's a, another matter. But it's, it's not important for the podcast. But uh, on, I think what Lewis made a good point, and this is what is why there's such an interest in it. It's because it's this Aberdeen team against the Rangers. Because albeit it's been four years for they've played each other, it was. Let's let's be honest. I'm not going to be around the bush. Aberdeen were rubbish like back then, like, because uh, that was before McInnes got the job as well. Because uh, so Hartley was still knocking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like, this is a real good Aberdeen side mapping the best Aberdeen side since the eighties. Uh, they've kind of golden era without a doubt for me. It's a very good Aberdeen team, and this has gave this fixture a wee bit more more exposure, a wee bit more bite to it this time around because it it does matter. Um, Rangers fans will try and tell you. I mean, Callum Fisher said it many times that Aberdeen are irrelevant to Rangers, but let's be honest. This time they're on a level level playing field, and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I can't really call it. I think Aberdeen we've been at Putodji maybe more likely to do the business, but you never know. We can't write off Rangers. I'm really looking forward to the game. Ross, does a defeat for Rangers on Sunday call into question Mark Warburton's tenure and where he goes and the season as a whole because it's not been a good start. There's been the Joey Barton debacle um, and there's a lot of people question how well he's handled it. How big an impact would the defeat have on that and the Rangers fans and board's opinion of him and his managerial skills? First of all, I think the Barton situation was handled quite poorly, but I don't. I think the main problem was Joey Barton rather than Mark Warburton. Um, he did handle it poorly, but Barton himself is just a complete fool, to be honest. Um, so I think that's for a start. Um, obviously, the season's not been an ideal start for Rangers, um, but I think you know you've got to give Warburton time. I think Rangers fans have to be realistic about this season. You know, I don't think they were really. Even I know some would claim they were hoping of challenging Celtic, but I think it was always going to be a massive ask. Um, you know, just with the players Celtic have, to be honest. Um, but equally, Rangers have got to be finishing ahead of Aberdeen. Um, that's no disrespect to Aberdeen. I'm just meaning purely in terms of financial basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rangers have got so much more money. They've got players on massive wages. Um, so there's there's no denying Rangers should be finishing ahead of Aberdeen. Whether you know, if Rangers were to get beaten Sunday, I, I don't think it should be the end of Warburton's time. I think, you know, you've got to give him a bit of time to to get everything together, get going in the league. I think to do it after what six, seven games, it would be very harsh, very harsh indeed. Um, but it's it's a results-based business. I understand that if things don't pick up by Christmas time, then they may look at bringing someone else in. Um, but I think I think Rangers will be looking to keep him to the end of the season. I think this is a. a a season where they need to rebuild as such, um, you know, after some uh, the darkest time in the club's history, no doubt about it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, but I can't see him being sacked no matter what happens on Sunday. Final match of the Scottish Premiership card takes place at Hamilton. It's Hamilton versus St Johnston. You forgot and this game, didn't you? I know. Yeah, I did we did. You no, because it takes place on Sunday too. Oh, so I was going through the weekend in uh, chronological okay. order. Um, so, <laughs> who wants to take this one? Yes. The less said about this game, the better. I think, to be fair to St. Johnson, a very, very good start on 10 points in third place, level with Hearts. Everyone talks about Hearts. What about St. Johnson? You know, a game again that they will surely be going to have on expecting to get a result. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, Hamilton have an awful record at New Douglas Park, so um, 
Uh, I'd be fairly confident in a St Johnston win. Um, not knowing that, and Hamilton will probably end up getting something now because they do have a habit of proving me wrong quite a lot. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I do kind of get that point, Connor, because I do think they've kind of went under the radar a wee bit, and they are obviously, you know, we kind of say this all the time about St Johnston, how they're, you know, they they kind of creep up on people, and they, you know, they, they have these you know, great seasons year after year, very consistent. You know, that's a good squad there. It really is. You know, on paper, that's a great squad, and um, you know, you can maybe argue that. Um, there could be some. Uh, it might depend on obviously the, the game at midweek. You know how how they go into this game, but I, I think this should be quite comfortable to be honest with you, given Hamilton's kind of poor record. There. Callum, anything to add to that one? Um, no, just that uh, you never know. As as always pointed out, Aki's always seem to kind of pop up and prove everybody wrong. But if you had to ask me to bet on, I would bet in St Johnson. Simple as that. But you never know. I think Hamilton. They're, they're certainly not. <laughs> as bad as some people make out I think that they have been decent this year and they've played some good stuff as well uh, it's just a matter of them trying to get results but unfortunately I don't see them getting uh, this result uh, come Sunday but you never know So that is your Premiership fixtures preview just quickly run through them again on Saturday we have Celtic versus Kilmarnock Hearts versus Ross County Dundee travel to Inverness while Partick Thistle host Motherwell and to Sunday you've got Aberdeen versus Rangers and Hamilton against St Johnston will drop down a division into the Championship now there is one place to start one place only that is Palmerston where Queen of the South host to be earning its first versus second Queen of the South first I may add um, in the Ladbrokes Championship and already this season it's a very very big game Ross it's a very tasty game indeed. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I think I, I keep saying that today. It'll be interesting to see. I've said, I must have said it about ten times. Anyway, um, yeah, it will be interesting to see. I think Queen of the South after the other night they'll be they'll be looking to go out and improve a point. Um, I, I think Hibs last week against Ayr it was obviously a poor result, especially when they were ahead. Um, you know, losing it in the style they did, two late goals was really really poor. Neil Lennon would have been raging about that, um, but. You know, you, Hibs are a good side. Um, you would still fancy them to win the league. I think um, the start of the season, I think they were the favourites, and I think they still are, no doubt about it. Queen of the South, they've done really well. I think that's much down to Stephen Doby as as anyone else. I'm maybe being a wee bit harsh on the other players, but Doby's been fantastic since he's come in. Um, when they played Hibs in the was it the League Cup? Yeah, it was. Um, Doby apparently ran the show, so I'm sure they'll be looking for a similar effect on Saturday. Um, Going to Palmerston, it's not an easy place to go. Um, I think a lot of teams go there and struggle, so it'll be interesting to see. But I think, um, I think Hibs. I just think Hibs would still probably make favourites, um, especially that's probably the worst thing to happen uh, for Queen of South. I was going to say that. I think, I think there'll be a reaction without a doubt. I think, like, because obviously, I mean, they've been having good performances, and there is, a, you know. There's a decent squad there. Obviously, Doby is the the star man, uh, without a doubt. But um, you know, a lot of these results maybe just have been momentum. You know, just this good momentum. You know, getting results. You know, winning games, um, or at least you know getting good points. Places like Tanaday, so whatever. Um, so now that's completely out the window. You know, that, that, it was a five. It was a five nil thrashing, really. Yeah. Um, so they will need to pick themselves up. It will be interesting to see how they pick themselves up. Um, I would. I mean. <laughs> I think if you ask Queens, you know, given the result in midweek, I think probably has came at quite a bad time now. But um, you know, we'll see, we'll see. But um, I think, I think Hibs actually might just edge us one. To be honest with you, I don't know if I would have said that um, maybe last week. Another team that need to pick themselves up is Dundee United. They have the reverse of Tuesday night's cup tie at Tyrese on Saturday as Jim Duffy takes Morton to Tayside. Um, Probably another game that's very highly going to be very tight, um, but it's not like these two teams don't know what to expect of each other now. And surely Dundee United have to get things back on track with a home win there, but it won't be easy, will it, Cal? No, definitely not. Um, I'm been really kind of disappointed with United start to the season. I thought their recruitment was fantastic uh, in the summer, in particular uh, Cammy Bell. I thought bringing him in was Great bit of business when you consider the kind of circus of keepers that the United have had over, <laughs> over the last couple of years. Uh, so I think Cammy Bell was a very good uh, very good signing. 
uh, and I also thought Ray McKinnon was a good appointment, mm. which I still believe he is, and I believe they'll get it, they'll uh, eventually get it right. It's not been exactly disastrous start this season, but I thought it'd be more kind of up the other end of the league then. But it was, it was surprising for me because I had a very good League Cup campaign uh, originally. Then the United evidently going out the other night there, but um, they started the League Cup group games. They were they were fantastic. I mean, they were hammering Dunfermline and that, which we thought would maybe be a tighter game. But they've just not really got going in the league, and hopefully. For them anyway, uh, Saturday is a good way to kind of uh, resurrect a kind of league campaign and get a good result against, again, Morton's a team that haven't really got going in the league either. So it's kind of two teams going on in kind of similar expectation levels. Uh, and like I said, United fans will be hoping they can kick off with, with a good good win. Ross, can Air United do the unthinkable, make it two away wins on the trot? against Falkirk on Saturday I can feel you giving me daggers here I don't think I'm allowed to really say no um, they'll have certainly taken confidence from the result at Easter Road um, Falkirk have had a bit of form themselves you'll be you'll be glad to hear so yeah, I'm sure you're perfectly aware um, so I would still I would I would probably fancy Falkirk although it won't make it easy I think that was a result that shocked everyone um, I would have been I'd been interested to see what odds there were actually on Saturday uh, against Hibs. I'm not sure if probably Johnny's your man to ask for that. Um, but Air going there on Saturday, it's, a, it's another tough game. I'm pretty sure going into these two games against Hibs and Falkirk away, if you'd said to them they were walking out with three points from yeah. six, I'm sure they'd have grabbed it with both hands, but that's not that's not important now. Now the goal is to get something from this game against Falkirk. Um, it's it's not an easy place to go, um, but neither was Easter Road, so I wouldn't I wouldn't count them out by any manner of means. I'm not going to do Gary Lott with the service of going to the usual is this Wraith Rovers on the decline chat as we do it every week. They host Dumbarton at Starks Park on Saturday. Um, another tight one for me. Uh, I think now the Championship will even out a wee bit. You will start to see teams finding their placings slowly as we progress. We'll leave that game there because I want to spend a little bit of time talking about Dunfermline against St Mirren, Saturday at 5.15 live on BBC Alba. Not so much about the game, Ross, but about the managerial departure of Alex Ray and who on earth do they replace him with? We've had the names of Billy Davies, um, John, John Potter, Potter this morning. <laughs> Jockey Scott has been mentioned. <laughs> uh, John Hughes has been tipped a little bit. Gus McPherson, of course, at Queen's Park. What a smile pass. <laughs> <laughs> anyone who's seriously, anyone. but Ross, give me a name. Who do you want to be the next manager of the mighty St. Mirren? I really don't know. Um, <laughs> it's it's so difficult. I think there's a there's no standout candidate at the end of the day, um, which is probably more a, a situation with managers in Scottish football than anything else. I think you know one man who I probably would have tipped for the job and who I would still like to see. Um, but it will never happen due to the situation with Ian Murray. It would have been James Fowler. I'd, I'd have liked to have seen him come in. A young manager, fresh ideas, um, someone who I think done a really good job at Queen of the South and who was unfairly treated when he was when he was let go. Um, I thought he, I think he would be a good appointment. But as I say, it would be too similar to the appointment of Murray, which disastrously failed. Um, which I thought at the time was a good appointment, but I think it's difficult. You know, it's been what five managers in five years, so you know, with the likes of. Tommy Craig, um, Teal didn't do too badly, but it's been it's not been great. I think Alex Ray was a wee bit harshly treated. I think he was basically judged in six games, which is is unfair. Um, you know, Remember we were King said he's a uh, his managerial record there. Yeah, forty percent so win rate. Yeah, incredible. Tells you all, doesn't it? Um, I think we need a bit of stability now. I think we need a long term appointment. Um, Davies has been mentioned. He's a He's a manager who's obviously a good manager. It'd be a good manager to get into Scottish football. Um, someone who is well recognised for doing his jobs at uh, Derby and Nottingham Forest. So I, I, I have no idea how we'd be affording him for a start. Um, that'd be my main one of my main concerns. I also worry that if we were to get some good form under him, there'd be interest from down south, and I think he'd be away at the drop of a hat, um, which would obviously be an issue. I think the next manager has to be someone with stability. Um, but as long as it's not John Potter, 
then then I, I'd be quite I'd be quite happy. Um, but it needs to be someone who it needs to be someone who pleases the fans as well. Um, I think over the appointments, the fans have been split. We need someone to lead the team forward um, who the fans are happy with. Um, and you know, obviously we're run. We've got a lot of input from the fans now with our new ownership. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how how it all pans out. But I do. I do think it needs to be someone who hasn't been at the club before in any sort of role, um, which rules out Gus McPherson, obviously. Um, <laughs> but I would just like to see someone with a bit, something a wee bit different. Callum, you've got your own ideas as to who you think will bring stability, and I think the key word in all of this would be experience to the Paisley 2021 stadium. The floor is yours. Take it away. Yeah, th- thank you, Connor. Uh, we had a good discussion in uh, the group chat about this yesterday, actually. And uh, people will maybe have a few sniggers and laugh here, and I'm thinking the snowman as well, so <laughs> hopefully this doesn't damage our relationship him. with him. But uh, I genuinely... This is... The key thing for me here is this is me as a neutral looking for the outside. Would it be... As a St Man fan, would I want these appointments? No. But looking for the outside, I think they genuinely what they actually maybe need <laughs> as experience, as Connor said. Spit it out. And I'm going to name three managers here, right? And this is going against me having almost a go at for kind of defensive football and that. Um, but I think, as Ross pointed out himself, they need stability. And I'm going to name three managers here and people will either... Well, probably never listen to Bus ever again, but I'm got to go for it. I've gave it too much of a build up now. Got to go. Honestly, Jim Jeffries. <laughs> I think that Jim Jeffries would bring stability. Like, if they could get him out of retirement, people are laughing there. But I think Jim Jeffries wouldn't be a disastrous appointment. I think that um, Jimmy Calderwood is another one. Who's the third Dick Campbell or something? <laughs> 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 As I said, I wouldn't want these guys to be managing my club, but from the outside looking in, I think they will do. I know that they've previously managed my club, but I mean, I think they could do well with the budget, etc., and they'll make teams hard to beat. And the final one is Craig Brown, uh, who's obviously about 95 now as well, so it'd be a matter of whether they could take such a high pressure job without. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> without the inevitable <laughs> death happening but I think if Craig Brown like somebody there Craig Brown the job he done at Aberdeen look at where Aberdeen are now Craig Brown went in there and people thought oh they're boring whatever but he laid the foundations for McInnes again and build it and look at how good Aberdeen are now I think they need somebody to come in for the short term but secure the long term future of the club I agree with Ross it, right, if I was a Samantha fan I definitely wouldn't want any of these names but I think that's maybe what they need they need somebody with experience to just come in and do the job because I'd want a young ambitious manager but they've already uh, they've already ruined that with the appointment of Ian Murray and Alex Ray which hasn't worked out so I think they need somebody tried and tested and you're not going to get more tried and tested with these guys <laughs> with a combined age of about a thousand <laughs> so there's my predictions well, and I've got to apologise to the snowman in particular that is Bush Boss Tips for St Mirren managerial post, Jim Jeffries, Jimmy Calderwood and Craig Brown. Give us your thoughts on that, please, Lewis. Very quickly, do you have something to add? Uh, yeah, I'm just saying that I don't think, as much as I kind of get where you're coming from, Carl, um, they kind of went down the experience route before with, with Craig, obviously. I saw Craig, Craig wasn't I know, I know, but he like... He wasn't experienced as a manager, he had a spell in he, Belgium. But he was old, so that's what I'm kind of getting at, but like... If it was me, I'd, I'd maybe go for a foreigner, just kind of fresh ideas and I stuff Definitely, like but they need somebody with the predicament they're in. They're not sitting mid-table or sitting bottom of the league. They need somebody to come up and guarantee them results. And I think those three, I don't think any of those three will get it. And right. as I said, I wouldn't want them as a fan. But I can I just put one name in the heart as well? And this is serious, this is you know, Dave Irons or anything like that. This is uh, <laughs> Terry Butcher. Butcher. Butcher, Butcher or John Hughes. That's, that's who I'd like. There you go. So they... Send us your thoughts. Always interested to know what you think about that position. I think it's one that over the next kind of week or so, as the St. Mirren board start to cipher through the application forms, there'll be a number of weird and wonderful names that will come out. Um, but that's one that we will watch with interest. So quickly running through again your championship fixtures for Saturday: Dundee United versus Morton, Falkirk versus Ayr, Hibernian Travel Queen in the South in that top of the table clash. It's Raith Rovers Dumbarton, and at 5:15 live on Bruce Alba, it's Dunfermline versus St Mirren. We have about 10 minutes to go, so we'll spend that time quickly going through League One and League 
two before attempting to have a look at any questions that have been sent in in League One. I'll run through the fixtures and we can pick a couple that we want to look at. We've got Airdonians versus Albion Rovers, Brecon versus Peterhead, Livingston travel to East Fife, Queen's Park hosts Stranraer at Hamden and Stennis Muir play Aloha. I think the two games that we will take a quick look at there we'll start with East Fife versus Livingston for me the pick of the bunch mm-hmm. in League One Ross over at the website you spent a bit of time previewing a number of games over for this weekend mm-hmm. I believe this was one of them so since you are the expert upon the panel give us your thoughts East Fife versus Livingston please should be interesting um, I think I think Livingston should just edge it. East Fife, they've you know they've had a solid start to the season, um, but Livy have been have been excellent. I think it surprised everyone when they went and won comfortably at Alloa. Um So time time will tell. But East Fife, Gary Neesmith's done a decent job there. Um, I don't think anyone can really deny that this season. Anyway, he's done a decent job. Um, so time will tell. But Livingston, you've got to fancy his favourites. I just can't see them losing to anyone really. Lewis, you have seen quite a bit of League One and League Two this season. On Saturday, can Stennis Muir get a victory? Take it into consideration that Aloha will all will obviously be highly exerted after that trip to Celtic Park. It's the Oakle view. Come on, give me a bit of luck for my local team. What's the score going to be there? Um, I don't see any way Stennis Muir will uh, get a bit of Aloha here. Uh, I've obviously not seen them, so you can maybe have a go to me or whatever. But um, you know, obviously Hamish has seen them, and he, um, um, you know, he's he's, he's obviously been the tone of voice doesn't even give me much encouragement. Never mind what you're actually saying. I think there's as much chance of John Potter becoming St Man manager as there is Stenhouse Muir beating Alloa. Well, I think that's that. Uh, so I mean, that's fair enough. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I I see no way for Stenhouse Muir to win this game. If I'm honest with you. Yes, on your account. Sorry, just uh, when he mentioned John Potter there, I've actually been able to <laughs> come together and I have the perfect combination for St Mirren. Right. James Fowler, manager. Jim Jeffries, director of football. <laughs> Youth and experience. I'm sure that will again provoke a great reaction from our listeners. We'll move into League 2 then. Um, and... Another card, number of exciting games. The obvious one that we will talk about is Clyde versus Forfar, but they run through them very quickly. Annan Athletic against Edinburgh City. Our both host Cowden Beath, as I say, Clyde Forfar, Montrose Berwick, and Stirling Albion versus Elgin. Ross will come back to you. Clyde versus Forfar. Forfar really motoring ahead at the top of League Two now, and it's going to be Barry Ferguson's side job to try and catch them. And they'll look to put a real chunk into that on Saturday. Yeah, um, I think Forfar are the only team in Scotland with a 100% win record. Um, so there's a, a good wee stat for you. Um, it'll be in- interesting to see how they go there and how they do. Um, I would probably fancy them. I'd probably make them favourites. Clyde have been decent this season. Narrowly missed out last year. Um, they have been decent. The likes of Peter Ronald McDonald I actually found out his middle name the other day according to Wikipedia it was Peter Ronald McDonald um, so Jesus. I don't know if that's true or not but uh, I, I, would, be, I well, would be delighted to know that it is if someone should surely somebody wouldn't that. hack Peter McDonald's Wikipedia page well I don't know <laughs> probably not no um, but sorry to get back to your point I think Forfa will win that um, and keep their fantastic run going did anyone see Barry Ferguson's interview by the way on, on Joey Barton it, it, it's just a camera. It's on BBC website. It's just a camera on him, and he goes, uh, he goes, he's talking about Joey Barton and the whole situation. He goes, I'm a surprised. I'm ur a bit. <laughs> <laughs> just brilliant. It's absolutely. It's 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 straight out of only an excuse. It's absolutely Classic fantastic. Man. But listen, time is off the right. essence here, so we will move swiftly on to this weekend's predictions. I'll very quickly fire round um, the three just of a, you sorry just a wee mention for the, the Scottish Cup best of luck to all the teams oh, missed that all well. the teams no all the teams well. in the Scottish Cup this weekend let's hope we get a, another East Kilbride or a Gretna a, a Con. <laughs> let's Time, see what we get timing dictates unfortunately that I can't have a more in depth look at that so Lewis start with you Scottish Premiership Celtic versus Kilmarnock scoreline please 2-1 Celtic 
Billy Cow. 1 each. 3 0. Hearts, Ross County, Lewis. Um, 2 0 Hearts. Um, 2 0 Hearts. Ross, 1 each. Inverness versus Dundee. 1 each. 1 each. 2 1 Inverness. Partick Thistle against Motherwell. 3 uh, 1 Partick Thistle. Oof. 1 each. 2 1 Motherwell. Big game in the Premiership this weekend. Aberdeen against Rangers, Lewis. 4-2 Aberdeen. 3-1 Aberdeen. 1 each. And finally in the Premiership, Hamilton against St Johnston, Lewis. 3-1 St Johnston. 2-1 St Johnston. 2-0 St Johnston. Into the Championship, top of the table clash. Queen of the South versus Hibernian. 1-0 Hibs. 2-1 Hibs. 3-1 Hibs and Ross will come to you first your team St Mirren away to Dunfermline on Saturday evening no no 2-1 St Mirren Ooh. is that away yeah Dunfermline uh, versus St Mirren Eastern Park 2-0 yeah. um, two, two Dunfermline with Jim Jeffries in the director's box <laughs> <laughs> uh, East 5 versus Livingston pick of the day in League 1 Lewis Two each. Two 0 Livingston. I was going to say two 0 but I'll go one 0 Livingston. And finally, Clyde versus Forfa. I'll I'll start. Okay. Three one Forfa. Three 0 Clyde. Four two. Forfa. Come on, there goes. Now, I'll quickly go through. A couple of questions have been sent in. Uh, I have about two minutes on the clock here to get through this. So, Kenny Clark has asked, does the panel think that Queen of the South can keep up their early season form and mount a title challenge? Yes or no? Lewis, please. No. No for me. Nope. Um... Now, he says, you may have already discussed this before. This is far too in-depth for this. But anyway, oh, how buddy. would you structure top flight in Scotland? How many teams, how many games? Right. If you can give me that in 30 seconds, go for it, please, Lewis. 14 teams, uh, and there'd be a wee split in there as well, Some somehow. Um, I'll go in-depth in, in our edition of the podcast. But um, 14, three weeks of 14, 42 teams. And that's the way to go. <coughs> 14 teams for me. 14 or 16 teams. Right, get some more in, get some more in. Um, at the second yellow James he has pointed out we're 8 episodes away from 100 so thank you very much for that he's asking if there's any celebrations planned I'm not going to steal, steal Hamish's thunder with that I will let him um, decide that and bring news of that in the next few weeks there will be bunting there will be a week of celebrations <laughs> Russell Abercrombie has asked, is Mark Warburton actually a good manager or are Rangers fans simply blinded by the fact he isn't Ali McCoist, Callum Scott? It's <laughs> a very good question. Um, I think that, I feel bad for Warburton to an extent. I don't think he's realised what he's got himself into with the kind of goldfish ball like Glasgow in the media. And I don't think uh, Mark Warburton will see the end of the season as Rangers manager, be it he walks before he's pushed. My boss, Hamish, has said 59 minutes I need to stop, so 59 minutes I will. Thank you very much to Callum Scott, Lewis Your Kemp boss. and Ross Clark for joining me. Plenty of articles going up this week, looking at the next weekend, uh, this weekend's action, and going into next week, net. Callum, very quickly. I was wanting you to plug my article there while you were saying it, but it doesn't matter. No, but please, we have got, you've got 10 seconds. No, you say it, I was saying it doesn't matter. No, no. Read my article in five things that we can take from last weekend's action, which is no longer relevant anymore. I'm sure, no, I'm sure it would be perfect reading on the way to those games that I'm sure all you lovely people will be attending this weekend. Uh, as always, get yourself out to a game. We've gone through them all, plenty of them to get through. As Ross said, there's this Scottish Cup ties as well. You'll be able to find out maybe them online. Unfortunately, not enough time to cover that today. I've been Connor Park, you've been my audience. Thank you very much, and we'll see you next week.